L-A-S. The LAS Podcast Network is the premier independent community development platform working with local creators to produce podcasts and content by the community for the community. To learn more, visit LASPodcastNetwork.com. Hey, I'm Logan. Hey, I'm Logan. You're supposed to say that you're Tim. Don't tell me what to do. You're not my real dad. (laughs) We're the hosts of a brand new podcast called From One Dad to Another. Each week we tackle a new topic, interview local professionals, and attempt to decode modern parenthood one dad joke at a time. So make sure to join us every Wednesday on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. From One Dad to Another is produced and distributed by the LAS Podcast Network in Cedar Rapids, Iowa. For more on our independent podcast network, visit LASPodcastNetwork.com. And if you want to support the show and get some bonus content, behind-the-scenes looks, and even get the show ad-free, you can become a member of our Patreon over at patreon.com slash LASPodcastNetwork. And if you don't, I won't be mad, but I will be disappointed. (laughs) Oh, and one last thing. You're doing great, and I'm proud of you. L-A-S. Hello. Hello. Welcome. Welcome to Other. <laughs> we are here to bring you some delicious conversation. Ooh, delicioso. Delicioso. Sabroso. Conversation. <laughs> we were supposed to be practicing our Espanol. We were, actually. Um, that's not happening. Do you yet. know what? I think what we just did speaks to that. Pra- yes. <laughs> Amen. You, everyone can tell we haven't been practicing our Espanol. Huh? Whatever. Welcome to Othered, you guys. You're here, and we're happy you're here to listen to us. Yeah, we are. Sarah and Caleb, your favorite spicy, biracial, bisexual, but not... (laughs) I was trying to more just say that we're a gamut of differences. Absolutely. Not necessarily that we're bisexual. No, I'm not bisexual. I'm... Not either. But you know, we should talk about the Kinsey scale at some point. Anyway. Oh, yes, we should. (laughs) See, that's why I love you because you're interested in the things I am. Yes, absolutely. And hopefully you are too. And obviously you are because you're listening to our episode. But to uh, start things off, um, other than a podcast, it's produced and distributed by the LAS Podcast Network right here in Cedar Rapids, Iowa. If you want ad-free and bonus episodes of the show, subscribe to LAS Plus. For $10 a month, you can get access to all of that great content, merch, merch, access to tickets for LAS Live before they go on sale, and know that you are supporting local creators. Local. Yes. Creators. We are creators. We are creators. We're creating. Look at us being so creative. Look at us. <laughs> creators. Creative creators creating. <laughs> oh my God. The alliteration is I know. too much for me. I know. So how uh, are you, Caleb? Oh my God. I'm good, I think. Uh, I've been doing well. Um, been getting some good rest recently, which is nice. Um, work is still a lot, so I'm still kind of plugging away at that as much as I can, mm-hmm. as much as um, I am 
you know, I think after we talked about our um, New Year's resolutions. Yeah. Like setting boundaries for myself. And like on Sunday I had a day off and I didn't even look at my phone, essentially. Good like job. the whole day. It was incredible. That's nice. And I felt like so good. I, there was a little bit of anxiety about it. But at the same time, I was like, you have to choose to like give yourself space and time to be a human being. Amen. Yeah. I'm happy for you that you are embracing that. Thank you. it's important. Yes. Mm-hmm. It is. How are you? I'm super. Um, I just finished quarantine chapter five. Five? Yes. Oh, my God. I have now quarantined five times. I only know about like three of those. Yeah. Zayla got COVID. Oof. And so we quarantined. And for those who know me, I love quarantining. I am an right. introvert. That just fits into your yeah, modus I'm like, operandi. Thank God. I get 10 <laughs> days of being at home. I don't have to go anywhere or see anyone or talk to anyone. And no one can say shit because I'm supposed to be here. Mm-hmm. So I love it. It got a little, it gets boring with kids, especially when it's freezing cold outside. So that was hard. I would imagine that it would be the opposite of that because your kids are so high energy. Yeah, that's why it gets hard. They're entertaining. Well, they're bored because I'm not high energy. Right. I'm quite content to just like lie around. Mm -hmm. But they want to do things. I don't. I'm not fun. As fun as they want me to be. Sure. We can only do so many crafts, you know, because we can't leave the house. Right. So it's boring. And I got a dog. What? (laughs) Shut up. Are you kidding me? (laughs) No, I'm not. You got another dog? Yeah. Is Gunner pissed? Gunner is like pissed and also happy. Sure. Like he's happy to have a friend, but he's pissed because now he has to share me. Right. He's like jealous. Yes. He's super jealous. Mm. So it's- Is this a puppy? Yeah, it's a puppy. I cannot believe you would even get a puppy. I know. And you wouldn't even send me a picture. I'm mad. I was going I'm... to, but I also wanted to see your reaction when I told you in person. Outraged. So I specifically withheld that information the last time I talked to you. Oh, dear. I know. And sometimes when I make rash decisions, I don't tell people. <laughs> <'Cause> <laughs> Until I don't, it's too late to take yeah, it back. Yeah, oh, because okay, I don't want to hear, you know, people's opinions mm. on what I've just done. I love that for you. Yeah. So Huxley came home. Huxley. Huxley. That is adorable. I'm like, I've got the two whitest dog names, Gunner and Huxley. <clears throat> so Gunner, we call guns with a G. Mm-hmm. Obviously, Z. Z. Yeah, I got you. G. I'm Z. Guns with a Z. <laughs> Obviously, it has a G. Do you know what this reminds me of? I'm sorry to like pause. You. What? But there's that meme of that woman who was like, she's pregnant, and she's like, "Which? What are we gonna name our baby?" And it's like super white names, like Caden and Jaden, and they're all like Y N N or like Jackson. You know, it's like, what the hell are these names? You know, yeah. and it's it's a meme now. But that's what it reminds me of. Yeah. Well, I'm trying to cut that shit loose. Okay. Cute. So Huxley's but you just got Huxley. Well, his new name is Huxtable. Oh, beautiful. Like the Huxtables. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm following. Yeah, okay. From, okay. So, yeah, that's where I'm at. So tell us about Huxley, because now I'm interested. Now I'm like, I'm getting derailed from what I wanted to talk about today. I'm sorry. It's fine. Just tell me. He's what- cute. He's six months old. Oh he God. is almost Gunner's size. So Gunner's a chocolate what? lab. I know. He's pretty big. And Gunner's a medium-sized dog. So what Huxley kind of dog is- did you get? He's a retriever mix, but you know, they never really know at the Humane Mm -hmm. Society because they're just pulling these little blessings up off the street, waiting for someone like me to come take them home. I cannot be quarantined. The first time I quarantined, I got Gunner, and now I've got Huxley. (laughs) My kids are like, You are not allowed to be quarantined anymore. Mom got another dog. (laughs) 
why mom why did you get another dog oh my god i'm like i don't know because i'm still single <laughs> and i need all the animals and plants i can get right. apparently so another dog i love that yeah it's Do you know what bless your heart it's a ride yeah <laughs> shut up caleb <laughs> i know bless my heart another interesting decision made <laughs> But it's we're we love each other. It's just a happy home, right? It's now. a happy home. Okay, cute. Most of the time. Good. Mm-hmm. Love that. That's I mean, you can't ask for more than that. Can't ask right. for more. <laughs> so that's pretty much it. Back to work and dog. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Cute. Well that's that's where we're at. <laughs> <laughs> that's where we're at. So last week we talked about um my coming out story. Caleb's coming out. I love that song. Me too. Um, and that was, that was a fun conversation to have. It really was. <laughs> I don't know Why if fun is laughing? necessarily the word it that was, I would have chosen Yeah, maybe for, not but. fun, but <clears throat> it was really, for me, eye-opening, thought-provoking, mm-hmm. and it makes me more aware. Um, I always want to be aware of the ways that I experience privilege in the world, sure. you know, and mm-hmm. so I think it's a good reminder that we just to be empathetic and kind. Right. And I think, you know, like it it was very personal and I think Mm -hmm. that's what this podcast really is about is to kind of, I guess in some way shed light on the things that are personal to us. Right. Mm -hmm. Like me, I'm gay. I, uh, came out of a very conservative background. And so that was kind of a interesting mix mm-hmm. for me and for you you're biracial mm-hmm. you were adopted yes so there's a lot of things that are personal for you that i think would be interesting for people to hear about too i agree yeah i just loved your vulnerability and appreciated it oh thank you and thank you so much for sharing you're welcome Ooh. <laughs> and i've gotten a lot of good feedback about it oh, well there's that so kudos to you <laughs> well i'd love to hear that um, but today <laughs> we want to focus on you. Oh my Sarah God, Lee. not me. Yes, you, little old you, <laughs> not little, little young old you. Me. Yeah, excuse <laughs> little me. Little young, beautiful you. Yes. Yes. There I am. Here I am. <laughs> Here you are. So we mentioned you're biracial mm-hmm. and you're adopted. Mm-hmm. I am adopted. And let me, before we get into this. Okay. Yes. Let me just share Precursor. a story that triggered the, the black woman in me oh yes oh yes mm-hmm. so today let me paint the scene for you please listener it's a wednesday night here in cedar rapids iowa it's, freezing it's fucking cold. freezing it's like literally negative 10 degrees where's my daddy jar shut the f- <laughs> caleb you always just have to hit me one down i'm sorry <laughs> but thank you for creating accountability because i did say i needed someone to tell me when i was using bad language and here i am so i'm gonna oh, try and clean okay. it up yep mm-hmm. so it's freezing it's te- literally negative 10 degrees yeah and caleb and i get to tcr and we're waiting for our beautiful wonderful producer alex he's gorgeous gorgeous we love him out there in the cold and i pull up and park the car. I parallel park. I'm an amazing parallel parker. If no one's witnessed my skills. I whipped that shit right into the parking spot. And I was like, bam, I'm early. I beat Rock these star two parking. men. Yeah, and I'm about to just walk right in. I'm two feet away from the door. And then the security card comes. And I'm like, oh, no, there's a man standing outside my car window. So I roll it down. And he's like, this isn't a parking spot. And I 
look at him and I look at the car in front of me and I look at the car in back of me and I'm like, is there a sign? And he said, there's signs everywhere. And I said, well, I don't see a sign. And I was like, and what about the car in front of me? He's like, well, that's, that's the other security guard that's working here. That's his car. I was like, hey, well, what about the car behind me? He's like, that's my car. I'm leaving. He's like, you need to move your car. You're blocking a driveway and an alley. And I was, I just looked at him and I was like, whatever. I think for context too, I looked, there were no signs. And that alleyway slash driveway had fences all Thank up you. in it It's too. closed right yeah, now. Yeah, it's closed. Yeah, it's closed. Okay. It's and also like, what is it? It's like seven o'clock on a Wednesday night, o'clock. downtown Cedar Rapids. Yeah, just it, me... it is very under construction. Super yes, under construction. You. Like no one can get through there. No one's coming down the alleyway. No. And so I was like, you know what? Whatever. You know, I'm I'm a good Christian gal. I'll pull around and find a new spot. So I turned my Jada kiss back up to full blast because that's the way it was before he interrupted me. We gonna make it. Styles P and J to kiss right. you were one of my vibing. favorite songs. I was vibing. That's one of my favorite get hype songs. I was getting hype for right. the podcast. Yes, of course. So I whip around, I find a new spot, I meet up with Caleb, and we're just about to go in when Alex comes into the building. And I was like, No, I have to go talk to this security guard. Because what did I see, Caleb? I saw someone else park in that same goddamn spot yep. that they just told me I couldn't park in. Mm-hmm. So I was like, No, I'm gonna go. And Caleb's like, I don't think it's worth it. And I'm like, oh, it's fucking worth it today. So off I go back into the negative 10 degree weather across to talk to the security guard. And I was like, hey, I said, I know this is really weird and stupid. I said, but those people just parked there. And I was told that I couldn't park my car there. Unfortunately for me, the man I was speaking with was not the man that had asked me to move. So poor Ray was just like, oh, man, I don't know what's going on. Where, where's your car now? And I'm like, well, Ray, I had to park down the street and walk over here. And I'm just at TCR. And he was like, yeah. And I was like, and I don't, I don't want to make it about anything crazy, Ray. But I said, I am a cute little black girl out here. And I noticed that the people that parked that Toyota were white. And he was like, oh, no. And I was like, yeah, it's 7 o'clock on a Wednesday. I said, I don't have time for that. He's like, yeah, I'm not sober enough for that. And I'm like, I, I'm not sober enough ever for racism. We don't do that. I he don't was think like, that. I don't know what that man's problem was. And I was like, I don't either. But if I see him, I'm going to ask. And he was like, yeah. And I told him, you know, I, I'm a cute little black girl. He's like, you are cute. I do agree with you. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, and I shouldn't be forced to walk. And he's like, no. And then we exchanged names. I told him to stay warm. He told me he would. And I went along my way. I, I know this is really petty and trivial but i hate being told specifically by white men mm-hmm. what to do yeah i will that is a trigger it is traumatizing and i will not do it mm-hmm. i'll probably just not do what I, you've asked me to do thank you fuck, fuck the frail shit Right on time, Alex. Right on time. <laughs> this is me in the car until until he came and asked me to move. Right. Yeah. Well, the thing is, like, I'm proud of you for standing up for yourself. It's really what it comes down to. Mm-hmm. Like, that's I'm incapable of doing that in myself. 
maybe not incapable. Maybe that's not the right word. But I see that in you, and I love that because mm-hmm. it's like, oh, that's kind of inspiring to like well, stand up for yourself. I sometimes take it a little far, but as a rule, as right. a black woman, I don't have time. Sure. So. Right. You give an inch. There we go. You, they take a mile, right? For sure. Yeah. I I'm going to take that fucking mile back. Right. Or that inch back. Or that inch. Right. No, I'm going to yeah. take a mile. Right. I'm going to take my 40 acres and the mule, Caleb. Yeah. I'm going to take it all. You've, well, I mean, you're, you deserve it. <laughs> you're owed that. Yes, I am. I know. Where is it? I don't know. At least 20 acres. Thanks, Obama. Like a half a mule. Yeah. I'm just kidding. You know what? <laughs> I love you. I'm going to let that go. Obama did what he could, okay? I know. I was he literally was a pawn. Jo- I was joking. He was a pawn. It was a whole mess. It was a mess. Yeah. But anyway, moral of the story is stand up for yourself. Absolutely. If you feel as though you're being wronged, ask. Mm. And then if they say you're not, then they know they definitely shouldn't wrong you the next time. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. And that's that on that. That's that on that's that. That's on that. Well, I'm glad that you got your experience validated. I sure did. Yeah. I'm kind of mad that the old man wasn't there. But thank God it mm-hmm. was Ray, and he talked me off my little ledge. We made a connection. I saw you shake his hand. We did shake hands. Yeah. yeah. I almost went in for a hug, but I'm like, oh, COVID. <laughs> <laughs> Not today, Ray. <laughs> Maybe next week. Yeah, ne- yeah, if I see him again next time, <laughs> yeah. now that we're friends, I will. Yeah. Right in front of his little old friend. Mm-hmm. I'll be like, yeah. Fuck you, old guy. Fuck you, old guy. Yeah. But that's Alex's friend, so I won't. And I'm not a mean person. He's Let's not just a friend. Get this. I don't even know who he is. Well, I, I just said that I see him all the time. I come out of the doors and like we sometimes make awkward eye contact. I have no idea what his name is. So don't don't go and attach me to this guy not, right now. Not friend, but I, I'm not going to I do. I'm not going to be mean to someone that we all have to see on a regular basis right. is the point. Fair enough. Yes. We support you no matter what, though. Right, but I don't think you're a mean person. No, I'm not. But I can... Stand up for yourself. Sure can. Yeah, I love that about Mm -hmm. you. In a kind way. Mm Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cool. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. Anyways, (laughs) we Thanks for listening to that Absolutely. That's what we're here for. Yeah. Yeah, That's what friends are for, anyway. That's what friends are for. Um, so we wanted to talk about your adoption. <gasps> adoption. Yes. Yeah. Well, you are adopted. I am adopted. Yes. Um, how old were you when you were adopted? So I was adopted when I was three months old. When you were three months? Mm-hmm. So you were an infant. I was an infant. Was the adoption planned? Did it take, take time? I guess like when, from when you were born, like, like to go through like legal things? Like were did your adopted mom want you before you were born? Is that, so, does that make sense? So, yes. Okay. Let me, let me tell you. Yeah, paint me the picture. I will paint you the picture. So, my parents were looking to adopt mm-hmm. and waiting and waiting. Um, you basically get put on a waiting list oh, for right. children. Mm-hmm. And um, my mom told me she got a phone call in the middle of the night one night and was like we have a baby for you my mom was like oh my gosh i'm so excited and they were like yeah she's like being born or has just been born and she'll be ready to go soon and they were like there's just one like thing 
like a problem. And my mom was like, oh my God, like what? Does she have like only one arm? Like, mm-hmm. is she missing an ear? Like what's right. going on? And like they were health like, issues. Yeah. yeah. And they're like, well, she might be black. And my mom was like, bitch. <laughs> okay. I don't care. Give me that baby. <laughs> I love my mom. She was like, I don't care. And so then I, I came home. Um, about three months later. So she knew I was coming. Yeah. But still just to make like get everything finalized. Sure. Spent, like all the legalities or yes, whatever. I spent a little stint in foster care. Mm-hmm. And then I was with my mom by the time I was three months old. Gotcha. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> do you, When did you find out you were adopted? I've known I was adopted my whole life. Really? Mm-hmm. I, there was never a day that I remember being like told I was adopted. Mm -hmm. I've always known. It's always been an open conversation. Oh, okay. So literally forever. Mm -hmm. Do you have adopted siblings that are older? I have, yes. My dad has a daughter who is 50. Oh. I know. My parents are a little older. I think I knew that. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yeah, she is my dad's biological daughter and she's my mom's stepdaughter gotcha um so i'm assuming your adoption was closed then so it was not closed from what i understand um they had an agreement where they could write letters okay now in the late 80s i think it was early 90s there was um a national like news story about a family who had adopted a baby and the adopted mother wanted her rights back. And so there was a big push, I think, in the adoptive legal system to transition to using non-identifying information. So my mom used like a fake name. So she would write letters to my birth mom about me and sign it like Mary. So she didn't use any identifying information because my mom had met my biological mother um, during an interview, but they did not exchange names. So they wrote um, letters, went to the adoption agency, and then the adoption agency would forward them on to my biological mom. Mm-hmm. However, my biological mom never responded. Never responded to any of the letters that your mom wrote? No. Interesting. Mm-hmm. So eventually my mom said she just stopped writing. Well, yeah, that would make sense. Yeah. Right, if you're not getting any correspondence. Right. Interesting. Mm -hmm. So, I guess, so your mom didn't really know much about your birth mom then? Not really. Um, Mm -hmm. We have, it's kind of like a a one-sheeter on a baby. So, I have like a piece of information that has basic info about my mom and my dad's would be like, mom, race, white, eye color, blue, hair color, blonde. Um, and it says like what she likes to do. Same mm-hmm. thing about my dad. Um, dad, white, six feet tall, hair color, blue. And it's like, well, that's weird because here I am. Brown as can be, cute right. little berry. So someone lied right. on the information. Right. So, and those interviews are mostly used as a time for biological parents to ask prospective adoptive parents questions about their household. So, right. My bio mom was able to ask my mom questions, Mm -hmm. but it's not really the setting for adoptive parents to be like, tell us your family history and ask questions about that. 
So my mom had very little information. Sure. But the thing I always loved was that my mom made all of that information available to me. Mm-hmm. So I have always been able to go look at the information that came from the adoption center or to look at the um, court filings mm-hmm. on my adoption. All that information was available to you. Yes. Interesting. Mm-hmm. So when you were growing up and you knew you were adopted, did you like have like, f- like I guess like a, like a fantasy of like what your mom looked like or what she did? Oh or? yeah. I used to think that like my mom was just like beautiful mm-hmm. and like white and curly blonde hair and big blue eye, like a Barbie. That's mm-hmm. kind of what I thought she looked like. As a child, I didn't really imagine a job. Sure. I guess I thought, I don't know. I never thought about, there was a part of me that was like, she could either be really successful and like an amazing influential woman, mm-hmm. or there is a part of me that thinks maybe she's just not doing anything at all. Sure. And what if she's homeless or maybe mm-hmm. she suffers from substance abuse or like mental illness and is not able to work? I don't know. Sure. But I think best case scenario, you know, yeah, I painted a picture in my mind that my parents loved me mm-hmm. and wanted the best for me because that's what I was told. And that, I mean, what else would you tell a child, you know? Right. So, yeah, I thought they were probably great people. Sure. Um, And maybe this is a... Uh maybe not the right question to ask. Maybe like, I'm, I don't know. I guess I'm kind of figuring this out as I go, but um, how often or how much space in your developmental years, like your childhood, did you think about your biological family? Like how long were they active thoughts? Yeah. I mean like how often do you, would you say, did you think about it a lot at all? Oh, yeah. Or? A lot. <clears throat> yeah. And I think because it's something I always knew and it's not, you know, there's the part that, I was adopted. And then there's also the part that I'm the only black person in my family. Right. So it becomes a bigger realization when it's right in front of your face in that way. Sure. I think. So, yeah, probably daily Mm -hmm. in some way, whether it was, you know, a conscious thought or not. Sure. So when or how old are you? do you think when you decided that you were going to go and find your biological family or your biological mom anyway? So I was that like a conscious decision you made? I always knew I would. Um, It was always something I wanted to do. And I feel like, especially as a child, every time I would get angry at my mom, I'd be like, I'm going to go find my real mom who Mm -hmm. really loves me or I can't wait until I can find her and she'll understand me and she'll, get it so I always knew it was something I was going to do um, because I was a minor I wasn't able to legally right do anything until I was 18 mm-hmm. um, so I think I probably really started seriously pondering it probably around 18 mm-hmm. um, and then life got kind of weird as a teenager 18 19 so my own personal life overshadowed those issues sure and that took the back seat yes it did and then I had my son Mm -hmm. so I ended up actually starting my search when I was 22 Mm -hmm. after you had Ben Mm -hmm. after Benjamin was born was that like a big catalyst then for you 
I think so. I think I always wanted to do it, but it also takes a lot of work to oh, like sure. hunt down a person. Right. And I was just had enough emotional things going on. I guess it wasn't in the, the forefront, yeah, yeah. of mm-hmm. my mind. I guess like, you know, once you become a mom, like thinking about your relationship to this child mm-hmm. and then that being like in some way a I don't know inspiration to go find yeah i guess you know because it's always been something i wanted to do sure i never really needed a push Mm. i just needed the resources right and the capacity to do it Mm. and then i found it so i did how long did it take you it took a minute so when i first started my search i contacted the adoption agency and was assigned a caseworker And we started talking and uh, she explained to me that the first step I needed to take in order to unseal my records um, was to, we needed to ask permission from my mother. From your bio mom? Yes. Okay. Um, She didn't know where she was because she had not let anyone know when she had moved around in life. So she said... To even get the information to contact her, you need to make a request. So I had to write a written request and explain why I wanted access to my records. So I just said, I have kids and I need it for health reasons. It was like a paragraph long. Sure. Um, Then that gave them permission to start sending my mom correspondence. Mm-hmm. So they would send, I don't know, you know, and this is standard U.S. mail, so it's slow. Sure. They would send her a letter. Snail mail. Yeah, really. see yeah. if she responds. We'd have to wait. Yeah. And she didn't respond, didn't respond, didn't respond. And I'm super persistent and a little intense. So I'm the type where I'm calling every day, and soon I built up this rapport with my caseworker. Mm-hmm. And probably a couple months later, she was like, you know, I don't know what to tell you. Like, we keep trying. She's not responding. So we can't confirm that she is anywhere. And she hasn't listed any relatives for us to contact. So we're kind of at a dead end. And I was like, oh, shit. I hate dead end. And when mm-hmm. someone tells me I can't do anything, as I just said, I will figure out a way to make it happen. Right. So I was like, whatever. And I was talking to my mom about it. And I was like, I, they can't find her. And she's like, well, let's look at your records again. Mm-hmm. Because, because I did have all of the legal documentation and the court records. I s- was able to see um, the judge's name that proceeded over our court case. I could see my lawyer's name. And my biological mom had a name. I asked, I was like, do you think this could be her real name? And she was like, I don't know. And she's like, you should ask the adoption agency. So the next day I called and I was like, look said, I have these names on paperwork, and I, I feel like it might be her. Can you tell me if it is? And she can't because confidentiality. Right. But I think she felt for me so much at the time. She was like, I can't tell you if it is, but I'll tell you if it's not because <laughs> she had her name. Right. So I was like, could it be, you know, Tupac Shakur? And she was like, how did you, where did this information come from? And I was like, 
That's all I need to know. Thank you. So it was really crazy because I realized I had had this woman's information for literally my whole life and never done anything with it. So I got online. I started and she has the most common name like on the planet. Like, like Rebecca Nelson. Yeah, like Mary Smith. Like <laughs> yeah. how ma- there's gazillions of them. Yeah. So I started <clears throat> searching and searching because I didn't know where she lived. Um, I just knew what her name was. Sure. Um, when I started, I was able to find, and if you ever get on these weird like people finding apps, mm-hmm. they almost give you a family tree. So they'd be like, Caleb Scales, here's cousins or possible relatives, possible friends of Caleb Scales. Yeah. So I was able to find family members. So I just searched until I found a situation that resembled what I believed happened, having family Mm -hmm. where I knew she had been. Mm -hmm. Um, And I started knocking on doors. I started going around to addresses. You went to like knocking on doors for real? Yes. Wow, okay. I was like, okay, I found some of her relatives that live here. Also common names. So every like Mary Smith, I would go to her house Mm -hmm. and be like, hi, I'm Sarah and see if they were related. Mm -hmm. And probably I did that for a week. And on like the 10th house I went to, it happened to be my biological aunt. And I was like, hey, I was like, I is your name Mary? And she was like, yeah. And I was like, well, I think I'm your niece. I think your sister is my mom. And she looked at me like, what the fuck? Mm-hmm. And I was like, yeah. And she invited me in. We chatted and it was my aunt. Wow. Yeah. So I had asked her um, to put me in touch with her sister, my mm-hmm. mother. And I bet a couple of weeks later, she did. So within like six months of me sure. taking initiative and looking for her. Well, yeah, you had her, to do that yourself. Yes, I found her. Interesting. Yep. I remember looking for her on Facebook and seeing her face mm-hmm. and like throwing the phone because I have never seen anyone that looked like me. Mm-hmm. And it's really weird to see a stranger who you look. Just like. Yeah, just like. So that was really weird and mm-hmm. cool. Interesting. Yeah. Was it like shock or was it like? It was like shock. Yeah. Because I've never, like I said, I've literally never seen anyone besides my kids Mm -hmm. that look like me. Right. So imagine you're just like looking at random photos Mm -hmm. and then you see someone that looks like you and you're like, holy shit. Holy moly. so weird. She's like my twin. Yeah. But old. Right. So it was weird. Mm -hmm. But it was really cool. So then. So you got in contact with your biological aunt Mm -hmm. and then like a couple weeks later you got in touch with your mom. Mm -hmm. So was that like over like email? She called me. She called you. Yeah. Okay. My, it turned out my aunt lived in Cedar Rapids still. Mm -hmm. Uh, My mom lives in a different state. Okay. So she called and we talked for like hours. It kind of felt like when you start dating someone new Mm -hmm. and you're obsessed with each other and like all you think about and talk about is one, that's how it was. Like Mm -hmm. we talked for hours and hours, like in hours for days. What was that like for you? It was amazing. Yeah. It was so cool. And I, I don't know. I was kind of like fangirling over her. Mm -hmm. I felt like, Finally, like the piece of the puzzle I had looked for was there, which sounds super cheesy, 
but that's kind of how it was. The beginning of our relationship was just like the best. Yeah. Like the best. Did you, was there a moment where you like confronted her about giving you up for adoption or like how did that? I mean, yeah, probably because she knew I had questions. So she basically just let me ask. Ask. Mm-hmm. Which was really nice. Was she forthcoming with the answers? She was. I think thinking about the idea that I created of who my mom was, um, who I found her to be was different than the idea. So when I began sure. asking her these questions and getting to know her, you know, I I was told my whole life that I was adopted because my parents loved me so much that they wanted to give me a better future. Sure. And she really couldn't remember the main reason why she felt adoption was the best option. When I asked her who my biological father was, she was like, I have no idea. I just know that he's a big black man and he was tall. And I was like, okay. And I felt like she, I didn't feel any love behind her story of why that was a good option for her. Sure. If that makes sense. Right. So that was odd. Did you feel like let down by that? Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Disappointed by the answer in some way because it yes. didn't really give you an answer. Mm-hmm. She, what I came to realize is that she kind of blocked out everything about me do you think that's related to trauma in some yes way for her? i do okay and she doesn't remember like my birthday mm-hmm. which in my mind i'm like well i could never forget the day i give birth to my kids um she yeah doesn't remember why she gave me up for adoption she did not pursue prenatal care with me and i asked her why and she didn't know so how old was she when she gave birth? To she you? was 21. A baby. Well, I became a mother at 21 too. A baby. But I never I made it work. Well, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So, yes. Mhm. Yeah. I found out that she was a very interesting person. I want to get more into that, into that experience for you. Um, as well as kind of starting to unpack, I guess, how you view adoption mm-hmm. now. And I guess now that you've had that experience with your mom and that interaction and like ha- maybe had some answers and some non-answers yeah. um, to go into that. Yeah. But we should take a break. Let's. Yes. Um, but yeah, we'll uh, catch you guys on the flip side. Thank you, Sarah, for Stay letting tuned. us know about that. You're welcome. We'll be back.
I'm Jake Trumper. And I'm Alex Schulte. And together, we're historically, historically inaccurate. And you can learn history with us because I'm kind of an expert. I'm not sure if expert's the word I would use. No, I, I'm ready to teach people history because, like, uh, ask me to name every president. But I know you can't. No, just ask me. I don't want to hear Washington, you do that again. John Adams, Thomas I, Jefferson, uh, James Madison, James Monroe, John Quincy Adams, Andrew Jackson. So Sorry, we're a brand new podcast distributed by the LAS Podcast Network in Cedar Rapids, Iowa. New episodes every Monday on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever else you can find your podcasts. Jake, are you still going? Jake, just fast forward to the end. We are literally running out of time. Did you literally forget the president who is right now, Joe Biden? Joe Biden! I did it. I was in I was in my group. Come and learn with us, everybody. Well, it's still kind of me. I'm kind of doing You couldn't even remember Joe Biden's name. I'm doing most of the teaching. It's mostly you. Thank you. L-A-S. We should say each other's names instead to throw everybody off. Oh, that's a great idea for the trailer. All right, here we go. Hey, I'm Mike. I'm Shane. Oh, my God. You guys really are doing it, aren't you? <laughs> All right, I'm Jeremy. I'm Mike. What, you're still doing the fel- false names thing? I feel like we already have a trailer going right this now. This is like a fourth grade <laughs> elementary school joke. Hey, everybody. I'm Shane, Mike, and Jeremy. And I'm... Oh, wait a minute. Hey, I'm Shane. I'm Jeremy. And I'm Mike. And this is the Groove Live Podcast. We're talking all things groove. Music, food, friends. Beer, even. All of it. Whatever brings groove into your life. How about like a tattoo artist? Would that be kind of groovy? I I would file that under groove. Construction projects. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, come on. Here's the thing. We have a lot of friends in a lot of different avenues and a lot of different lifestyles, which means that we have a lot of cool resources to pull from of cool people that have cool stories. Every day, you get out of bed. What makes you feel alive? You know, what makes you want to own the day? Coffee. Rock music. Pokemon. Construction projects. (laughs) And you'll hear it all right here on the Groove Life Podcast. The Groove Life Podcast is produced and distributed by the LAS Podcast Network right here in Cedar Rapids, Iowa. For more information, visit laspodcastnetwork.com. New episodes release every second and fourth Monday on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. For bonus episodes of this show, ad-free versions of all LAS podcasts and many other exclusive benefits, all while supporting local creators and businesses, consider subscribing to LAS Plus for just $10 a month. To learn more and get started, visit LASpodcastnetwork.com slash plus. Hey guys, we're going to have a blast. Can't wait to see you guys on the Groove Life Podcast. We can't wait to groove with you. Now that sounds dumb. Yeah. <laughs> L-A-S. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> and <back>. we're back. <laughs> I love you so much. I love much. you too. <laughs> it's, it's always a pleasure. The pleasure is all mine, Sarah. Mm-hmm. 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 Anyways, welcome back to part two of... Sarah's story of finding her birth mother. Bienvenidos. Bienvenidos. Yes, welcome. Look mm-hmm. at you and your Spanish skills. Ooh. Oh, poppy. Yee. Spicy. Rare. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Yes. Just go back over My what we've covered story. so far. Sarah, you were adopted at three months. You had a loving home. Um, Super loving you home. you knew forever that you wanted to find your birth mom your birth family i did you knew that that was something you wanted to do yeah it took some time mm-hmm. um but you started after you had been yep and it took about six months yeah from the start of searching 
till that first contact. And yes. you had to do your own sleuthing. I did do my own sleuthing. Have you ever considered a job in private investigating? <sighs> Every time I date a new man and I got to <laughs> do some background searching. All right. So if I ever start dating somebody ever again. I that, got you. Not we're that gonna, that's ever going to happen. We are going to be able to find out everything we ever want to know. You're the person I'm going to hire. Thank you. I hope I get the friends and family discount. We'll see. Okay. <laughs> I got you, Caleb. Thank you. 10%. Uh, I know. Uh, it's just enough to cover that tax. <laughs> I appreciate it. it. Uh, yes, much appreciated. But we talked about your first interaction with your mom. Yeah. You guys talked on the phone for hours. We talked on the phone. How long did that, like, go for? Because you said, uh, you did mention in passing, like, at the beginning of our relationship was, mm-hmm. like, this obsession. Like, yeah. when, when you have a new relationship, you talk on the phone for hours. Mm-hmm. To me, that means that that changed. Yeah. But I want to talk about that experience for you. Did you feel like... Once you first started talking to your mom, do you feel like your perception of your, or maybe your expectations for a kind of relationship with her changed? Yes. Okay. I think that when we first met, and I I often refer, maybe not out loud, but to myself in my head, mm-hmm. I have like, and we all do, inner child self. Absolutely. And then we have adult self. Mm-hmm. So inner child Sarah was like bound and determined to have a mom in this woman. Mm-hmm. And I think adult Sarah was like, okay, let's be friends. Mm-hmm. So I was trying, I think, to balance what I feel like I missed from her with what she was willing to give me at the time. I think it became very clear to me that she was not interested in parenting me or revisiting those times to try and help me get past them. She had a whole nother life when I came into the picture, which, you know, I did too. I had a child at that point. Sure. I, um, you saying she had a whole other life when you resurfaced? Yes. Okay. She had a daughter. For her. Anyway. Yes. Yeah. A daughter who was like mm, 12. Then um, you're 21 at the time. Yes. Okay. And she was married and, and like separated and she had mm-hmm. her whole family. So, um, even though I had met my aunt sure. and she knew I existed, my mom refused to tell any of her other family members about me. Now, oh. they knew that I was a person that she gave up for adoption. Oh, okay. They years knew that ago. she was pregnant and had birth right. and gave it to her. Okay. But she never told them that I came back around and that we were in contact. Um, my grandmother, my biological grandmother, lives like down the street from my mom in their state and she wow. didn't tell her her mom about me mm-hmm. um, and when I asked why she said it was she didn't want her mom to make it about her because another thing I learned was that my grandmother offered to help my mom raise me and that my mom said no so she I think didn't want to it sounded like my mom had a lot of traumas herself that were brought up by me entering and I as our relationship, like entering the world as a child, as or? an adult, okay, entering as an adult. her world yeah. as an adult, okay, and it kind of fucked her shit up. Yes, it fucked her shit right on up. Yeah, and I like to think of this as well, Sarah. How would you feel if you had worked really hard to let go of a trauma that happened to you, and then twenty years later it came back as a human mm-hmm. at your door? Sure. So, how did it devolve from, you know, having these hour long conversations where you were like where you guys would get to know each other in some mm-hmm. way to 
getting to that point where you were picking up on these vibes of her not wanting to revisit so her trauma. I think one thing that people who grow up with their biological families take for granted is like seeing yourself in your family. Sure. Um, I had never seen myself in another person. There were a lot of things we had in common that I did not like about myself. I felt like she was the un- untamed version of me. What do you mean by untamed? She would say things out loud that I think in my head, but try really hard not to say. Sure. She has no trouble being confrontational. She swears like a sailor, which has to be where I get it from. Like she smokes, she drinks, she smokes marijuana. Like she is me. Mm. And I'm like, wow. And I really liked that, that we were able to relate in all of the, the ways that I didn't relate with my adoptive mom because my adopted mom, I don't want to say she's perfect, but she's pretty amazing. Yeah. And my vices aren't hers. My struggles aren't hers. Right. But to have like shared struggles with someone was cool. Mm-hmm. Um, or like we, similar vices and stuff. Yeah. Sure. And it seemed like we had some values that were similar too, but we just related differently. Mm-hmm. We got in an argument one day over just something just stupid. Stupid. I thought it was stupid. Sure. Um, I had sent out a group text message and one of the people I sent the text message to, and it was like a Bible verse. It was something really benign. Sure. One of the people, she responded. And you know, when you respond to a group message, it gets Mm -hmm. sent to everyone. Yeah. So her response got sent to one of my friends who called her on the phone. And my friend is a fool, straight fool, Royce Bell, if anyone knows him. He was on um, Wild and Out. He's a comedian and he's stupid. Very funny. Very stupid. Love him to death. But like stupid, funny, mm-hmm. like crazy personality. Sure. Will say anything. So he called my mom on the phone and was like, yo, who's this? Is this one of Sarah's little ho-ass friends or whatever? Said some stupid stuff. And my mom flipped a shit. Mm. Like went psycho. And um, called me and was like, your fucking friend, she had a lot to say. Not nice words. Like, your friend called me and said all these things. And I was like, oh, my God, I'm so embarrassed. He right. probably doesn't know who you are. Right. So I told Royce. I was like, Royce, that's my mom. And he was like, oh, my God, I'm so sorry. So what did Royce do? He called her back. And oh he was like, I'm really sorry. And I didn't realize you were Sarah's mom. Well, that was her second trigger. And she called me back and was like, I can't believe you would tell him my personal business and you know that's really no one else needs to know those things and now you've shared that with him and swearing demeaning not nice and I don't play that as you just saw with the security guard so I was like look no one in my life gets to talk to me like that right even if you're a parent Mm -hmm. or a egg donor or a sperm right. donor right you don't get to treat you me don't like have the that. right to yeah and i said just because you know i'm a secret in your life you are not a secret in my life this is part of my identity it's part right. of who i am and i the goal of me sharing that with royce was to make him stop and right. become a respectful young adult like i knew he had the potential to be right not to create drama 
Right. So that was... Like, hey, Royce, this is kind of a delicate situation. Yes. And, you know, in his own way, he did get it. Right. She just is not... Wasn't receptive. And that was our breakup. We... She was basically like, fuck you. And I was like, fuck "Fuck you you too. Yeah. And we didn't talk for a really long time. How long was that? I'd say at least a year and a half. And this happened for about five years ago. Okay. Um, yeah, we just stopped talking. Mm-hmm. I would call. And literally, it's like your breakup. I called mm-hmm. and I called and I called and she would never answer, never answer. I'd mm-hmm. leave voicemails. She wouldn't respond. I'd text. She wouldn't respond. So, you know, it was heartbreaking, honestly. Yeah. That's got to hurt a lot. Yeah, it did. Especially so, like, after doing all this work an and like kind of leading up to this, like your whole life, like mm-hmm. I know I'm gonna try to find my mom, yeah, or my birth, my biological mom, not your mom, but mm-hmm. that's that sucks. Yeah, it did. Well, how did you? How did that experience affect you? I feel like, well, it broke my heart. Yeah. To be. I can't think of the word. Yeah, rejected twice by the same person. Mm -hmm. And it's interesting because one of them, I feel like, was before I could even have a conscious memory of what was going on. Right. But your body stores trauma. Mm -hmm. So I'm sure that it was a similar reaction to what I experienced 20-some years earlier when I was adopted. It was just sad. It was sad. And in my mind, I'm like, how could this woman know that i exist she has grandkids and she doesn't want anything to do with us i have a sister and she won't tell my sister i exist like i have a grandmother she won't tell her grandmother or my grandmother that i exist she won't let my aunts have relationships with me so it's just like wow it was very hard and that's so isolating yes but that's what adoption is Tell me more. You're isolated. That. Right. Yeah. And I think I'm mature enough to understand that, you know, most times when someone gives a child away for adoption mm-hmm. and it's a closed adoption, they're not going to find them without their consent. Right. I learned that my mom had received all the letters from the adoption agency and just never replied. So <laughs> I seems like your mom's just trying to avoid you, like, and that experience of yes. even having you, which sucks because you're it living- does suck. But at the same time, that was the point. Right. Yes, I am. So there's a part of me, like the rational adult gets it and respects her boundaries, but the child like is tantruming and crying and kicking and screaming because I don't get it. Right. Because I could never do that to my kids. Because you're not a recipient of the love and care that you... Right. Right. And I'll never be. Right. So it's definitely a weird place to be Mm -hmm. because on the flip side too you do have the love of your adopted mom yeah and my mom is the world's best person i love her whenever you talk about her you're oh you only have good lovely things to say yeah and you know i relationship with her is good we have the best relationship she's my best friend and incredible i can't imagine going through that experience with finding my birth mother without my mommy Because she was the one who was like, let's look at your papers. And Mm -hmm. when I found the picture on Facebook of my biological mom, I showed my mom. And I was like, does this look like her? Because she had seen her. And she Mm -hmm. was like, yeah. And to not be threatened 
and not try and sabotage that or get in the way of that or ruin that for your child is just crazy. It's impressive. Yes, (laughs) it is. Because I don't think I could do it. Sure. But she did. Well, that's love. Mm -hmm. So talk to me then about your... mm, your opinions on adoption and your, I guess, based off of your experience. So my personal opinion about adoption <clears throat> is in typical Libra fashion. I'm always in the middle. I can see sure. both sides. Yeah, yeah. There's inner child. Sarah believes that adoption is cruel and inhumane. And how could you possibly do this to a child? I read a book called The Primal Wound. It's a great book for people that are thinking about adopting or have adopted or have been adopted. And it just is talking about when you experience that primal wound, when your mother is able to physically and emotionally and biologically detach from you and give you to someone else, like the trauma that it causes Mm -hmm. you as a child and also the trauma that it causes them as a human sure um and i i read that book as an adult not long ago and i'm like this kind of articulates like the ways i feel and what's that book called primal wound who's the author the primal wound i don't know alex alex will help us he'll find out for us he'll let us know i was like so (laughs) so hard i will will look it up right now we'll let you know so that primal wound being like abandonment yeah abandonment rejection yeah nancy varrier yeah, Nancy Verrier. There you go. We'll link it in the in the bio. Yeah, Thank it's a you. good one. I liked that. But I have a primal wound. And then there's the other side of me that's like, I could not imagine having anyone else for a mom. I love my mom right. more than anyone on the planet. She's like my soulmate. Mm-hmm. And if it weren't for this, I wouldn't have my kids. Sure. Who are my other soulmates who mm-hmm. I love. Right. So I hate adoption. So it's a double-edged sword. Totally. Like, and I'm On so grateful hand, it exists. It's bullshit. Yes. That kids are being abandoned or neglected or not neglected, rejected. Yes. In some way, in some mm-hmm. fashion. But on the other hand, it's a beautiful thing that these kids are being yes. taken care and of. And I'm so grateful for adoption and th- that people are willing to do it. Right. And open their hearts and their homes. Sure. I mean, because there's also that middle ground. Where there's a lot of people who have gone through the foster care system and stayed in the foster care system. Yeah. And a there's time. a lot of people <clears throat> that have been adopted by shitty ass, abusive, horrible people that this should never have children. Right. The world is fucked up. Yes, it is. Yeah. So I understand my privilege in that. Mm. Also, uh, the privilege of being, you know, taken from a lower class poverty situation especially as a black child Mm -hmm. and be put into a middle to upper class white family i mean who can no one really can make that happen that's just crazy right and a blessing right and i like i do want to talk more in depth about adoption as uh as a concept as a like a social um uh, i don't know idea um more in the future um but i guess more about your experience do you i mean okay so when i meet somebody who tells me that they're adopted or like mentions it in passing is it rude for me to ask them like do you have a relationship with your biological parents like 
or is that something you have been asked or you know i've been asked yes or do you know who your mom is Mm -hmm. and it's like well first of all yes i do know who my mom is it's chris Mm -hmm. van cleave Mm -hmm. um so i think there's definitely a way to phrase it i like that you said biological parents Mm -hmm. i think it's different for everyone Mm-hmm. Some people have no desire to ever meet their biological parents. True. Some people have known their biological parents their whole lives and maybe have an open adoption. Mm-hmm. Um, and then there's other people who want to search and haven't started or maybe are searching. It doesn't bother me, mm-hmm. but I can see how maybe it could be triggering for others. Right, because there's possibly some trauma there. For sure. So I guess, how do you how do you suggest people go about treading those waters with compassion or with, you know, grace or. I think just understanding that no two people have the same experience with adoption. Mm, mm-hmm. And it reminds me a lot about your episode that when we talked about you coming out, sure. you need to have a rapport built with that person yeah. and come from a caring place. I think, People oftentimes just want to know the things that make you you right. and don't know how to ask. True. So I try and be tolerant when people ask. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, some people just don't ever want to go there. Sure. I mean, that's fair, too, because it can be uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. Um, so in terms of, like, what makes you you, you know, when we talked about kind of putting this podcast together and the things that, you know identify us or whatever like what part of you identifies with being an adoptee and how do you carry that with you in your life and I don't know what like hmm because that's like a self-identifier for you mm-hmm. right so how do you I think it was definitely more of a self-identifier before I had kids okay and I would say probably just because I didn't feel like I belonged Interesting. But now I at least get two biological family members, mm-hmm. which is something I've never had. Sure. So that's exciting. Mm-hmm. And I think as I start to define myself in other ways, yeah. that takes a backseat, especially since at this point, my biological mother isn't like a mother figure mm-hmm. to me. Right. She's a person who sadly holds the key to many other family members sure. that I can never meet. But it's different. I don't, I'm not a child with like another mother out there. Right. And I mean, was I ever? No, but quote unquote mother. Right. I, I'm now an adult who understands her reality. Sure. I mean, yeah, it's, I feel like it's interesting because so much of, you know, our self identifiers are, about where we've come from and mm-hmm. who we come from. I and definitely you have built an identification on or an identity on adoption mm-hmm. from a place of trauma. Sure. I think. And that's probably the case for a lot of people too. Mm-hmm. Um, do you have any advice for people who are adopted or who are looking to adopt? I would say if you're looking to adopt think many 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 times about it and do your research and talk with other people who have adopted Mm -hmm. talk with other adoptees and make sure you get stories from people who have had amazing experiences and really 
horrible experiences Mm -hmm. because they're both common. It's not like the majority of people have happy lives. There's a lot of people that have shitty lives. Right. And it's not like the majority of people have shitty lives. There's a lot of people that have great lives. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I think we all need to understand what the reality is for you as a parent Mm -hmm. and you as an adoptee. I think Mm -hmm. my parents face a lot of unique challenges because it was an interracial adoption. Sure. I think it'd be a lot different if it was a child that shared the same race Mm -hmm. as the rest of their family. And that's probably a big chunk of where a lot of my trauma came from too. Sure. Um, And adoptees, you know, own your story. Yeah. Don't feel pressured to do or not do anything. I was really lucky to have a mom that was encouraging, but not everyone has that. Right. And it's your healing journey, not mm-hmm. anyone else's. And it goes without saying, well, no, maybe not necessarily, but the fact that like, even if you did have, even though you do have a great mom mm-hmm. in Chris, um, that there's still shit to deal with. Yeah. So like, and I try and tell her adoption is a totally separate thing than my relationship with her sure. and they have nothing to do with each other. Mm-hmm. Like adoption was how we got together. And that's basically where adoption stops impacting her and my relationship. Sure. And it did, you know, when I was young and stupid and a mm-hmm. child, but yeah, it's separate today. And I try not to let it impact that right. relationship with my mom who loves mm-hmm. me. Is there anything else you feel like you wanted to say? About I don't think so. Okay. What I do want to say is that I think adoption is a blessing. It's a great thing. And that I'm happy it exists. Mm-hmm. I also acknowledge the fact that something that is traumatic and can be horrible and life-changing can also be the best thing on the planet. Mm-hmm. yin and yang right and just to be empathetic yeah yeah always okay. yeah in every aspect with all people <laughs> empathy is uh is a muscle we should all be working on it definitely is cool cool awesome well thank you so much for sharing with us that story thanks for asking yes i do not share that with many people so i'm glad to share that with you well i'm happy to have been here to have heard it (sighs) to have been a part of that experience Mm, you're so great love you love you sarah as always other listeners thank you so much for joining us today Um, thank you yes we love you we appreciate you we do appreciate you. Yes. So much. <laughs> You're our favorite people. Absolutely. I'm, I'm I mean, trying to pull stuff. up the shit, okay? <laughs> I can't find it. Anyway, if you love us and support us as much as we love and support you on the inside, please, please, please go to LASpodcastnetwork.com. For only $10 a month, you can subscribe and get exclusive content and merch and tickets and episodes. Also, give us a review. Okay. I, Wherever you find Before we your, go, oh. I have to... I'm sorry. I have to get on our thingy. We got some really good reviews, Caleb. Oh, my God. I love that. And I just want to shout out our latest one. 
It was from Confused Breakfast Podcast, which Anyway, I, they say. Wait, wait, wait. Do you guys not know who that is? No. Um, that's the number one movie review podcast in the country right now. What? Shut the fuck up, yeah, Alex. Yeah, it's Mike Schulte, Pork Tornadoes. They're local. It's, uh, it's, it's a Mike Schulte podcast, but yeah, they just passed NPR because of their explode. Shut their, the front yeah. door. Oh, yeah, they're huge. They're, they're huge. They're I killing. know Mike. Mike is a great guy. Hi, Mike. Oh. <laughs> Wink. Okay, well, let me read this by Confused Breakfast Podcast. They say, honestly, such a great podcast. Even with just a few episodes under their belt, these hosts are proving to be pure gold. This is a must listen. Ooh. Thank you. Thank you. (laughs) And then I just want to read one more review. It's by Sable, who, for those of you that don't know, it's Sable. She's my best friend, but still, she was here. She says, Sarah and Caleb are the perfect duo. I love Othered because it's relevant and real. They discuss topics we can all relate to. Give us a review. We love you. Love you. Thanks, Sable. Thanks, Thanks, Mike. Thanks, Sable. Thanks, Mike. Peace out. Podcast Network is the premier independent community development platform working with local creators to produce podcasts and content by the community for the community. To learn more, visit LASPodcastNetwork.com. LAS.